Good evening, Juan. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. This is probably one of our most special episodes ever. Before we get to the big guest, let me uh, welcome back my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. How are you, Sophie? Okay. I'm doing okay. I'm sweating like swine, but I'm Me okay. too. It's hot here. It's hot here. <laughs> Decided to wear a black shirt as well today, so it's all my own fault. And uh, also rejoining us, and he'll be joining us more uh, this coming season as one of our co-hosts on the stateside squad, Mr. JJ Garcia. How you doing? Good doing good, guys. mate. And of course... Welcome to the show. He not, doesn't need any introduction. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the soundbite at the beginning there, everyone. Super Jack Wilshire, welcome to the Highbury Squad. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Nice one, Jack. Nice oh, one. my God. Thank you so much for joining us. And JJ, thanks for also helping make this happen as well. Um, Jack, uh, firstly, are you having a good summer so far? Yeah, I am, thanks. It's been difficult to, to get away because of all the uh, the restrictions now, and I've got uh, four kids now, so it's even tougher like to get the tests and everything. So we stayed here, but now, I mean, the weather's been terrible up to now, but luckily we've got some some good weather. But typical English, we're moaning because it's hot. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love how consistent we are with that. Yeah. I want to welcome all the squaddies in the house as well. Um, everyone is just like the comments. I'll try and keep up with everything, but... Uh, to say that everyone is excited that you're on the show, Jack, and everyone just loves and adores you. Um, let's get started with a real uh, simple question because we've been wondering, did you watch the Euros? Were you following the Euros? Were you stuck yeah, into I that? I actually did a little bit of work for um, BBC on the radio, so I watched a lot of games, um, some games that I probably wouldn't have watched if, if I weren't. So I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, it was obviously nice to see some some fans back in and it just gives it that extra edge, doesn't it? And it just makes it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely added the the spice and uh, and brought the atmosphere back. I wanted to ask you a question and before I hand it over to Kev, because I'm not sure there's been a player since you that we've been wanted wanted to protect, um, to put in our pockets, keep them safe forever than Saka. And maybe you could add ESR to that, but Saka especially. It seems the same with you, you know, um, a player that every single fan loved and adored. I just wondered what you thought of Saka and how you felt about him taking that last penalty as well and the similarity maybe between you kind of being the rising star at the Arsenal and now Saka kind of experiencing what you've experienced. Yeah, I've liked him. I mean, when I was, when I was there, he, he trained with us a couple of times and, you could always tell that he had something, something special, um, and Arsenal always liked him. And then obviously Arsenal left, and there was you always worried that the new manager might come in, have different ideas. But I think his his quality and and his character, as we've seen recently, but even before, he's he's what he's, he was eighteen when he first started playing really properly, and he's been Arsenal's best player ever since. And to have that that level of consistency at that age is because I, I remember when I came through and um, my first season, I had a really good season, but there were some games there where, where my standards dropped a little bit or I wasn't quite at it, but he seems to be at it all the time, even with England as well. And, you know, as well, he was left out with the first few games. Remember that for England and he came in and he kept mm -hmm. his place. He showed the manager how good he was. And then to take the penalty, I mean, you, that just, like, because I was actually watching it thinking, I hope he doesn't. Like put his hand up to take one because, as you said, I'm an Arsenal man and we want to protect him. But as he was walking down, I was actually confident. But then when he missed, I just felt gutted for him. Like I felt sick for him. But we have to just credit him for having the charisma, the courage to to walk up and take a penalty for your your country in a in a, in a final of a major tournament. I mean, fair play to him. Jack, I think I, I, me and Sophie had a, a discussion about um, Saka taking a penalty. I, I just think it's part of you. I, I believe you were the same. Whenever you got on a football pitch, you were most comfortable. You, you were fearless, as far as I was concerned. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree, and it's almost like he wanted to take that responsibility. And I, I used to have that. Like, I used to play in some games like FA Cup games, I used to be playing the game thinking, if this goes to penalties, I want to take one. And I, I think he's the same. He's the same type of character who 
who wants to stand up, who wants to show everyone how good he is. And he, he's doing that week in, week out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that Kev talked about a lot last season, Jack, was how we've become so reliant on young players saving us. And it feels like it's been a little bit the Arsenal way. Um, and even the expectations on you. I mean, how do you how do you see that? I mean, the similarities, because it felt like everything was kind of building around you and the pressure. I can't even imagine, you know, not only wearing the badge, but also taking that hope um, baton on as well. Do you do you feel like, as Kev did, that relying on young players all the time is just not the recipe for success mm. going forward? Yeah, I think it, but it also speaks volumes of these young players because you said about me, but I was quite lucky. I came into a squad with experienced players, experienced pros, Van Persie, Fabregas, Nasri, players like that, international players who, who were top, top players who helped me through. And now they haven't really got that and they are relying more on, on these young players. And it, I think it speaks volumes of the work that the academy are doing, but also these young players who can step up to that level and just look like they've been there for years. Mm -hmm. I want to bring JJ in. JJ, I know you've been a fan of Jack's for a long time and um, we did a show with you a couple of times and we always talk about our favourite Arsenal players. Mm -hmm. And when I asked you, you know, out of Thierry and Vieira and all the legends that have played for the club, um, including Jack, you know, you, you, you chose Jack. Um, yeah, uh, I think people were shocked about it because obviously Thierry's Thierry, right? Bergkamp. Yeah, I'm shocked at that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason behind this, because you, you know, I, I played the sport growing up here in the United States, um, and I was gonna put at a competitive level here, not what you guys are used to over over the pond. But you and I played a lot of similar. Uh, when that badge was on our chest, we played for it, um, and that's just something. Anytime I saw you on the pitch. I knew you were there for Arsenal and you would have done anything. And, you know, let's be real. You're usually probably one of the smaller guys on the pitch and you're in everyone's faces if you touch your teammates. So that was like a real attraction to me, you know, about you as a player. Um, so that's why, yes, Thierry runs like a thoroughbred and could score from anywhere and has amazing goals. Um, but it's your passion on the pitch is what just got. And I just, I loved watching it. And that's what really, Kept me engaged. Got me waking up at four thirty in the morning and watching games no, here. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, um, you know, you kind of got. Did you, did you realize, Jack? And I know, and you had such a great connection with the fans. Obviously, that iconic clip after mm. winning the FA Cup. Um, of course, you still hate Tottenham. I mean, that's a given. But did, were you aware always of how you'd bring fans to to their feet? You know, um, a good friend of the show, Lee Judges, his question for you was, um, you know, he said that you're amazing. And in, if if not for, you know, injuries, he felt like you could have been, the, you know, a Liam Brady type. Um, how how do you feel about that? And we, I think it's important that we talk about that with you because it's such a significant part of your career. Um, yeah, to be honest, with with the fans, the fans were always good to me. I remember when I first I played my first game at the Emirates. It was the um, the Emirates Cup. I was I was sixteen, um, and I came on against Real Madrid, and like I got an instant cheer straight away. And I couldn't believe it. And um, ever since that moment, really, they they stuck with me even through the injuries, the difficult times. You know, when I came back, they would still. The one thing that stands out in my mind as well is the time they'd give me like to come back. Because obviously, when you come back from injury, it takes a while to get to get up to full speed. You need a few games, and and, and you know sometimes fans don't give players that time. They're on them straight away. But the fans were always brilliant with me, and they kept me going. You know, that feeling of running out of the Emirates was what kept me going in, in the in the dark times, the injuries, in the physio room, in the gym. But I always had that that vision of me running out of the Emirates and the fans cheering, which always kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, you know, Tom, Tom Canton from Guna Talk uh, TV um, does a great show as well. He, he mentioned and he sent a note to me uh, saying that the, how do you felt about the injury prone label? Because it felt like a lot of your injuries were more event driven than you being injury prone. Did that piss you off? Um, it did at first. Um, but then, then not really because... I understood 
why I was getting injured and how I was getting injured. And people would say, oh, change your game. You like to run with it. You get, you like it when uh, the opponents come close to you. But that's, that was my game. That still is my game. And, and that's what made me the player I am. So I would, I would never change my game. Mm-hmm. Jack, do you, Jack, do you, the way, just for the audience, a lot of, a lot of the audience don't understand what it's like to play with injuries or play when you're not fully fit. And there is no hiding place once you cross that white line, is there? If you're going to put yourself up to play, yeah. even if you're carrying a knock, the fans think you're 100%. Could you just explain to fans what it's like, obviously playing for Arsenal, but not being 100%? Because mm. I'm sure you've done that many times. Oh, I've played loads of games. And you know what? What helped me in, in them them situations is a lot of a lot of players go through that. It wasn't just you know, the ones who are labelled injury prone, you know, a lot of players are training and playing in pain. That's part and parcel of being, not just a footballer, mm-hmm. being an athlete is is learning to deal and handle pain because you, know, you put your body through hell every day. You, you, mm-hmm. you train, you run around and then Saturday comes and you have to be 100% because there's no hiding place, especially in, in the Premier League. Everyone's fit and strong and, and that's like the bare minimum. Then you have to, you know, focus on on doing things right especially at Arsenal because we we used to have a lot of the ball um and and that brought pressure in itself because teams would come to us and and sit back and it would be down for, down to us to break them down and yeah. yeah but handling pain and dealing with pain is is a big part of, of I, I don't think just a footballer I think it's an athlete but yeah with footballers obviously there's a lot more spotlight on them people are judging them people are on them and sometimes they don't know what what your body's going through and what you're doing just to be on that pitch. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how much have you, as well as being lauded in your career, have you felt uh, judged a lot, Jack, and unfairly at times? Yeah, but I think everyone, you know, everyone says, oh, I don't judge, I don't judge, but we do judge. I mean, everyone, us mm-hmm. as human beings, when you look at someone, you, you, you judge them straight away. That's just part and parcel of who we are. And yes, footballers, and probably young English players get more, especially in England, people judging them, people onto them. Um, but I think you sort of learn to you learn to not be high when you when you're on top of things and you're playing well, not be too low when you're down. You just have to do the right things day in, day out, do your training, prepare yourself for the weekend and, and give your best at the weekend because you know, every, Kevin will tell you, everyone can have a bad game. It's that's part and parcel of, of being a footballer, but you can always guarantee that when you get on the pitch, as JJ says, you've got passion and you can, you want to fight for your team. You want to win the ball. You want to run around. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to start uh, shifting gears here a little bit because I want to start taking you back. And uh, um, Danny from a Burkamp Wonderland was talking about the under 18s and under 21s when you were playing and like players who you were maybe surprised that didn't become really um, prominent in the game, um, taking you back to moments like this. Uh, Kev has a similar picture of when he was young winning <laughs> the FAU baby Cup. Jack. That's baby That's Jack. And baby, Jay, baby Jack, that. right, yeah. right here. Um, and another great photo here. These memories, Jack, and playing with some of the players you did, are, there, are you surprised by anyone who maybe didn't go on to play? And how how did this help you become, you know, prepared for that first team when you're stepping in, like you said, playing alongside some real legends of the game yeah well these them pitches them them boys were like my family growing up you know when when i was in the academy i'd be there three times a week play on the weekend so that's all i knew you know they were my friends because yeah i had friends at school but i didn't have time to to go out with my friends from school or do things or play for, play football with them because i was always training or or playing playing a game um, and then when i was i was 15 um, and I moved closer to the training ground. I lived with Wojciech Chesney at the time, but hmm. there was probably... What was that like? <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. He was a madman. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's probably like 10 or 15 of us with it on the same street. So we were all like always out together. We'd train, we'd go to training together and we'd spend our lives together, basically. Hmm. And to win something with them was, was very special. And to be honest with you, I, I was very surprised that a lot of them didn't go on to play for Arsenal. A few of them did, not probably not as much as they should have, but 
some of them, I mean, a lot of them still went on to make careers, but I thought a lot of them would, would go on to have careers in the Premiership and have better careers. But things happen and, you know, you have to be, I always think back to, I went on loan to Bolton, I came back and I was told that I can go on loan again, I wasn't going to play. And then all of a sudden, four or five midfielders were injured and I got my chance. And it was all about when you got your chance, you had to take mm-hmm. it. Like Arsenal was good at giving players a chance, but you always knew once you get that chance, whether it be in training or a game, you have to take it or you'll just, you, you won't be seen again. Yeah. Uh, Kev, you know, yeah, Mike, Ma- yeah. Ma- Magic Mike from Guna's podcast actually sent a question to ask Jack about Bolton and his experience there. And, you know, in terms of how the club handles loans now and if we're kind of failing players versus helping them and stuff like that too. So it's really interesting to to hear Jack mention Bolton as well. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that I first saw Jack when they played Manchester City. Was City. it in the semi-final? Yeah, in the Jack, Youth Cup. The, in the Youth Cup yeah. at, at, at Man City. My lad was was coming through the ranks and he'd heard about this this young kid at Arsenal, Jack Wiltshire. And I, obviously, I knew who you were, <laughs> but to see you in the flesh was was brilliant. You, you took City apart and then obviously you beat Liverpool in the final. Yeah. But going to Bolton was... What was that like for you? Because obviously coming out of kind of a comfort zone at Arsenal, going into Bolton, what what was that like for you mentally as well? Yeah, that was the biggest change and probably positive from it was was stepping out of my comfort zone because I was uh, I just turned eighteen. I was I was living at home with my mum and dad. They did everything for me. I'd wake up, I'd have breakfast on the table, I'd go to training and we had all great facilities. And and then, um, to be honest with you, though, I, I pushed the move through. I I was on to Arsenal all the time saying, I want to play, I want to play more. I'd play in the cup. And I think it got to the point where he just had enough of me asking him to play. He went, it was like the end of, the end of January transfer window. He was like, all right, you can go on loan until the end of the season. Um, and I remember I got in the car with my dad and I had two offers. Uh, one was Hull and one was Bolton. Um, we went to Bolton first uh, and we got out of the car in, in January. In in Bolton, it was like Freezing. minus five. Yeah. Freezing, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went in and we, we sorted out everything straight away and I signed for him. Um, and then my dad went home and I was I remember sitting in the hotel thinking, my god like this is it i'm here on my own it's now my it was like a thursday and on the saturday we had liverpool away and i remember i was in the squad and i thought right i'm here now i felt like i was on my own and i had to to focus and just get my head down and i mean it was i had a great time there to be honest i didn't play for the first three or four games and i started to think oh my god like i might as well have stayed at arsenal could have been at arsenal and and playing training with all them great players but now i'm just Mm. sat on the bench here but then as I spoke about before, I got my chance. It was actually Man City away. Um, and I took it and I stayed in the team from them. And I learned so much. I learned mm. more more about football in them six months than I probably did in, in the previous four or five years where I hadn't played in you know men's football. I played in the Youth Cup. I played in the Reserves. I'd been in and out in the Carling Cup. But to play week in, week out in the Premier League with, with grown, grown men, a, a strong Bolton team as well, mm. who... Who were were known in the Premier League for being strong, strong players who who were difficult to beat. I had to learn that side of the game really quick. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. They accepted me straight away, and I had a great time. So um, let's shift gears again and get stuck into being in the first team, becoming a fan favourite. And like JJ, you know, he's been an Arsenal fan, lives in the states. I'm a Londoner, born in North London, moved here years ago. Um, we, we, we have fans here that Jack, they travel, they pay money to go see the club, you know, um, Arsenal America do a fantastic job as well of, you know, making these things happen. Um, you've got a lot of love here in, in the U S, uh, and you, you become part of the furniture. You become a player that we all completely fall in love with, um, I wanted to throw a question to you um, from Harry Simu from the Chronicles of Aguna because who was who was the best player you played with? Like when once you got into the team and you're playing with like the likes of this guy and you're playing with Giroud and then you've got Mesut 
and you've got, you know, the genius that is Santi. Um, talk us through that a little bit, like the different teams you played in and, and, the, and the players that you really loved playing alongside and why. When I first broke into the team, um, my first season, we had we had Sesk, who I played in midfield with, who was the captain. He was brilliant for me. I mean, Sesk was someone who, when I was in the academy, I grew up watching. He played in the first team at 16. I think he was like an idol for all of us in, in the academy, and especially for me because he was a midfielder. He was a similar sort of player who likes to create things. Uh, and he was... Again, like he was, he was a smaller player, not really strong, but, but so passionate about about Arsenal. He had that as well. He had that love for Arsenal and wanting to show everyone. Um, and we had Van Persie and and Nasri was in that team. We had a, a really a really good team, and we probably should have. Well, I think we should have won the league that year. We were should have done more. Yeah. yeah, we should have done more definitely. And then we obviously lost to Barcelona in the second leg, which we felt hard done by. Um, but then, at the end of that season, I didn't kick a ball for the next season. I missed a year of injury for injury, and um, when I came back into the the team, the whole team had changed. Changed. Sesk had left, Van Persie had left, Nasri had left, and we'd got uh, Mikel was in midfield. We got Perma Sokra at the back. Kazola had just come in. Um, so yeah, the team had completely changed and. It was a bit strange at first, trying to get used to it. I mean, obviously, Arsene had his philosophy and and the sort of the DNA of the club, the way we wanted to play. But they were new players. I had to to get used to them again. Um, but I really enjoyed that that year in that team. And then, then obviously, the next season, Mesut came, Sanchez came, and it felt like we'd really lifted lifted the squad and we had a real chance and we never really fulfilled our potential. I felt with, with that team because we had some players who, you know, could do, do whatever they wanted really with the ball. And we had someone like Alexi Sanchez, who similar to that sort of Thierry player who could just win a game on his own. Like we could be having a bad game and he'd do some, something a little bit of magic and put it in the top corner. So yeah, I played in a few different teams. I, I wouldn't like to pick my favorite because I enjoyed them all, but I did really enjoy playing with Sesk for, for that first year. Yeah, very cool. I mean, <laughs> some players there, Kev. Wow, well, um, I know. I, I, my question for Jack was going to be, to be honest, you know, with that with that great team, with Ozil and, and Sanchez and yourself, except Santi Cazor, do you think, like many fans, if we could have really got that defence right, because I just don't think that defence was right. The balance going forward was brilliant. Mm -hmm. But defensively, I don't think it was right. If we'd have got that right, I truly believe that team would have, would have won the league and kicked on. What, what's your thoughts mm. on that, Jack? Yeah, I think... I don't think it was just a defence. Because we had... We, I mean, I, think, I thought Koscielny was brilliant. He maybe could have done with, with, with someone next to him. But I think it was... The defending as a team. I don't mean the way we defended. We couldn't defend. I mean sort of like the transition. Yeah. As you said, we were brilliant going forward, and that was. I remember that was something Arsenal really we really worked on. He really wanted to improve, and we we did get a little bit better at it, but we didn't get as good as we should be. Just like when we lose it, that first five seconds. If we could have won it back higher up, like the great Arsenal teams did, you know, like yeah, the punish teams, yeah, yeah they win them, win the ball back higher up, and bang, they're they're on the team on the back foot, and we'd punish them, and we we should have been better at that, really. Jack, do you think is can we kind of? Uh, I love how Kev takes us like you know behind the white lines across into the dressing room. We've got a great series where we talk to players, you know, one on one about that type of stuff. Was the training intense under Arsene in the last few years? Like, where where do you think it kind of went wrong? Was it because there's been so many like stories about all that type of stuff? It mm. feels like if you're a professional and you're playing for Arsenal and you know, um, things are pretty serious. But was there kind of a more nonchalant, horizontal approach to things mm. towards the end? I don't think much changed, to be honest. Like, Arsenal never changed. I mean, sometimes the players would would not complain, but they would say they could do a little bit more. But I could, like, I loved Arsenal sessions. And, he, like, some players, like variety but I like the 
I like knowing what we were going to do on what day. And I, like, I could still tell you, I could walk you through the week now of what we were going to do, <laughs> the session we were going to do. And I like that. And I mean, I think it, as well, it was easy for for people to sort of pick that out and say, Arsenal had dropped off. But he, he didn't. I mean, I, I always think back to that one thing we could have uh, improved. And that was only the transition. Like when we when we lost the ball, if we could have been better at winning it back and and hurting teams more, I think we would have we would have improved. And my last year obviously was when we when we got to the Europa League semi final. Um and I even think if we'd have won that, maybe Arsenal would have stayed like we sh- we probably should have won that. We played against Madrid Atletico Madrid and they were down mm-hmm. to ten men um in the first leg and then we we made a mistake and and Griezmann scored and it was one all in the first leg and then we went there and it was tough. Mm. Um, I think that, that happened as well a lot that season. A lot of individual errors which cost the team and obviously you can't you can't help that. I mean, then, then things happen but we probably had more than we should have. Kev, you still say that about the squad and have been saying it for like last season in terms of, you know, how poor we've been off the ball. Um, yeah. So for, I, I just, you know, I'd like to throw it to Jack as well. Because this is a in-house type of thing where you could have the greatest game plan, Jack, can't you? But it's the players, when they cross that white line, as you said, you can't legislate for mistakes, etc. It's the the game plan is in play. You, You prepare the same way and then you go on the pitch. And if you win, you're the best thing since sliced bread. And if you lose, you haven't prepared right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's, that's just football, isn't it? I mean, that happens across the board. But yeah. us as Arsenal people, we always feel it always happens more to Arsenal, and at times it probably does. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, I do think you can see a change with Mikel in in terms of the their mentality towards defending. I think they're they're trying to do the right things. They are making a few individual errors, but I think with time. I think they'll they'll come out as well. You've got young players in there who, with experience, they'll they'll learn they'll learn how how to deal with them things when they're put in them situations. Um, but yeah, I think there is a change with Mikel. He's definitely changing something, and hopefully, it'll happen this season. All right, we're gonna fast forward. We're gonna rewind and then go back to Mikel because we definitely want to hear from you there. We're gonna talk about a couple fun things. I think two of the most iconic games or moments for you. People are already saying so. Get on with it already. Ask him about <laughs> this. <laughs> um, and I think this is a really good question from Dan Potts uh, from uh, Lee Judges TV show. Jack, your performance at the Emirates against Barcelona will always be remembered by me and Arsenal fans as the best individual performance we've ever seen by someone in an Arsenal shirt. Would you say that was your best performance? And do you feel like you had more? um, Do you feel like you could have had? I'm just going to before. No, let's just leave it at that. Would you say that was your best performance for Arsenal? Do you feel like you had more and could have offered the club more before leaving? Always loved watching you. Um, one of the most exciting prospects, once a gooner, always a gooner. That's from Dan. Um, it's such an iconic performance. Talk us through that. I mean, you're playing against Iniesta, Messi, and yeah, Pep my... Guardiola comes out and is raving about you. Pep actually killed me as well before, before the second leg. <laughs> I remember um, a journalist asked him about something. And he was like, "Yeah, he, he's good, but we we have loads of them players in our B team." <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was he was just trying to get in my head. Yeah, cheeky yeah. bugger. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like that was my first proper season of playing, and I'd I'd grown a lot in confidence from the start of the season to then. Um, I'd played in all the group games in the Champions League. I felt comfortable at that level. I felt probably felt more comfortable in in the European games than I did in the Premier League game. I felt you you'd why, get a little bit that? more time. That's interesting. Oh, more, more time. time. Yeah, I think you get a little bit more time. Um, it's not as physical, and I felt like it suited me maybe a little bit more. But um, yeah, going into I remember actually sitting there with with some of the boys before the draw, and we got drew against uh, Barca, obviously. Um, and I remember just seeing people do this, and <laughs> it was because the year before they'd played against them, and they got absolutely smashed. Hmm. Um, but I think it, the one thing that helped me was I'd never experienced playing against them, 
Um, so I went into the game full of confidence. I was obviously nervous, especially in the in in the uh, in the tunnel before the game when I was walking out next to Messi, Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, David Vitt. Like these are players who I'd just watched win the World Cup a few years before. Um, so yeah, I was nervous, but I think the nerves helped me. I've always said nerves nerves helped me help me focus and like really focus on my task, what I've got to do, who I'm playing against, and my own game as well. Um, and I remember like the first 10, 15 minutes, we didn't really get a touch of the ball. And I remember thinking, oh, this is what this is why they were, were so worried. And like they'd make these little passes in midfield where you wouldn't know where to go. And if you went and came out, Messi would be in the hole. Yeah. And and the Messi would turn and everyone's in trouble. So <laughs> and that went on for about 15 minutes. And then we sort of settled into the game. And um, I made... I remember thinking, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to like just get get the ball off one of these midfielders. And the ball bounced. And I can't remember who was going for it. And I slid and got the ball. And I saw, I think it was Xavi coming towards me. And I just knocked it past him. And it all of a sudden, the crowd just lifted. Yeah. And like I still get goosebumps thinking of it now, like how good the fans were that game. But that moment, and then we went, we sort of broke up the other end, and I played it to Van Persie, and he probably should have crossed it, but he missed. But from that moment, I think that like everyone thought, right, we can we can do that. And then I quickly learned that like we had a bit of possession of the ball, and the ball would come into me, and one of the midfielders would come from one way, one of the strikers would come, the winger would come in. They were so good at pressing. Mm. But I remember doing it earlier and thinking if we can beat that press the first press um, you're at them then we're out we're out we're mm. at them they, they don't want to run that way they never did yeah. and we did and i mean i've done that so many times that night where i drop deep and just start off an attack and then i mean for the for the the second goal was was a great example where we won it at the back someone fired it into me and i hit it first time through the midfield to Sesk and Sesk turned and hit a lovely ball and then we just broke um, but yeah that was that was a special night and I remember after the game just I was sat there with Wojciech actually who was a good mate of mine he was like Jack we just beat Barcelona <laughs> I was like I know <laughs> Unbelievable, Jack. Jack the, the, the important part for me was when I, whenever I, I watched that performance was the way you adjusted during the game mm. And that fearless nature that you had, mm -hmm. you know, to play against, look, you're talking about three of the top five, probably four of the top 10 players in the world yeah. at the time. And what, as you said, quite rightly, they used to set traps for you in midfield. And once they trap mm -hmm. you, you're in big yeah. trouble. But you, you, you seem to know all the traps. You got around all the traps. Yeah, but I think and it was like, wow. That's, what you, that's key what you said, how I adjusted, because I didn't start the game like that. I remember thinking this could be a long night. But I quickly realised in my head that if you can get out of them traps, you're through them. Because I didn't want to run that way. And 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 let's be honest as well. Yes, Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets, great on the ball. Like the best ever on the ball. But they didn't want to run that way. And they weren't True. they weren't that quick or strong. And if you could get away from him in five, ten yards, you, you were at him. Yeah. So did you have like total freedom in that game, Jack? Or did Arsene specifically direct you on... Is it, and what you just said in terms as well of like, you know, sometimes players figure it out in the game and, you know, there's this organic, spontaneous way of playing. But how much of that was a conversation between you and Arsene in terms of um, the preparation you know, and then at halftime? You know what, Arsene, and going back to where people said he might have gone a little bit in the last few years, I think the game changed, but Arsene was still the same. Like he... He would always say to me and say to us as a team, if we play our game, we'll beat them. And yeah, okay, when we played against the big, the bigger teams and the bigger games, we'd, we would do a little bit of, of sort of team shape, tactical information. Adjusting, adjusting, yeah, yeah, but a lot of it and most of it was based around our game. Like he'd never said to me, right, make sure you stay on Iniesta or, or make sure you stay on Messi. It was like, you play your game. Yes, get up to the ball and, and do what you can to try and disrupt them but play your game and, and we'll be fine did you get any of their shirts after did they did mm. any of them comment and reach out to you like the holy trinity of barcelona <laughs> no i mean i don't no. think they were as you as you know jj as you said i was quite fiery and quite aggressive <laughs> on the pitch and I'm, I'm not sure that 
Oh, sorry, that's my dog. Aye, aye. aye, he's, aye. Agreed. he's agreed. He's another yeah, Vinny yeah. Vieira over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure that Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets appreciated a little 18 year old trying to <laughs> get in their face and, and tell them to, to shut up. But um, no, I asked Sesk actually, because obviously Sesk was friends with them all, mm-hmm. to get me a um, message shirt and, and Xavi, so he did. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll that that game, um, right? JJ is like a game for the ages. It's one that we'll, we'll always watch. One yeah, one of the one of the one of the ones you'll just I'll randomly just throw in the highlights for it. Yeah, I have to say, I'd like Jack. So, so many people reached out, Jack, and I, I even personally, like as I was going through a lot of stuff today, it choked choked me up, and it's choked a lot of people up because. I hope you know how much Arsenal fans just love and adore you and how special you are to us. And these memories, we were talking and we talk a lot with Kev, that some of the memories of our lives are built around the football season. I can remember, oh, my mum and dad's 60th. That's right. We were playing Man United away. And, you know, and so... What, what we want you to know is that all these great memories, they'll never die for us. And, you know, for us, like you, you live in eternity as, as um, you know, an, an Arsenal man. And um, it's another moment that you gave us that is on rewind. I think most people have it on rewind. It's got to be the Norwich goal, right? Um, again, didn't ask you about it. I'd get killed. But you and Mr. GQ Giroud right here. <laughs> Um, giving it some, uh, but this goal, Jack, is probably for us. I mean, for us, I think it's the best team goal ever in the Premier League. Talk us through that moment and what it means to you to have that in your back pocket as well as you know, an Arsenal man and so for right foot finish, a right foot finish. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Like, I don't think it'd be fair to say that I I gave you that because that was such a, a team goal, like. And at the time, we—I mean, actually, Giroud realised how good it was because he—he said in, when we were celebrating, he was like, "That was some goal." But I don't think we—we we quite realised. We obviously heard the reaction from the fans when they showed the replay after, and it was like it was a strange noise, like not not like one you usually hear when you when someone scores a goal. It was almost like a like a wow. Do you know what I mean? But you know what? Like we were honestly, we worked on them type of things all the time, like. Obviously, not with players. It would be more like just playthroughs with mannequins, and it would be. Remember one drill Arsenal would do? He'd put like loads of mannequins um, from box from the eighteen yard box to eighteen yard box, like the width of it, and just loads of random places f- f- uh, there. And we'd have to. He'd like time us to get through it, and we'd just be playing one twos the whole time. And it was, it was like one of their moments. Um, and yeah, the right foot finish. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something which I've never told anyone. I didn't mean to put it in that corner. I tried oh, to hold, yeah. hold the, open. Hold. Did you try to open up? I tried to open up and it's hit my heel. And the goalie's just like gone that way. And he's like, what's going on here? Even <laughs> better, Jack. Exclusive, even better. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Um, do, I want to ask you and Kev this too, because obviously for us in the moment, like you guys are in the moment, you're in the game. As fans, when we're watching it, we, we stop and we're like, holy, sh- that was unbelievable. And and we had that champagne football. We had mm-hmm. those goals in us and it was just watching art, you know, yeah. be be created in front of you. You said that Giroud s- said something to you. Mm-hmm. Do you guys in those moments, do you realize, like in, even in the Barcelona game, yeah. are you realizing I'm having an absolute blinder here, you know? To be honest with you, in the second half of the Barcelona game, I thought, well, I'm playing well here and I've got them. That's what I felt. I felt like I've got them. I felt I knew that when they were going to press and where I could put the ball to put it out of their their reach where they'd have to foul me. So I, I, I knew that. But with, with the the goal, no, I didn't realise until after. I mean, obviously, as I said, I heard the noise from the fans. And mm-hmm. and it was actually one of the Norwich players, Nathan Redmond, who's a friend of mine, uh, he was on the bench. And as I was walking off at half time, he was like, stop that, stop that. And I was like, <laughs> you know it's a goal then, doesn't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, that's when you know it's, it's a good goal. I you love know it. Goal? Like my my uh, mum my and dad came and watched me everywhere. Like I'm talking, they'd go everywhere with me. And that game, one of their friends got married. And I was like, look, just go. It's, it's Norwich at home. We're going to beat them. Just go to the wedding. And they went 
They were fuming. <laughs> oh, gold, absolute gold. Just brilliant great, stuff. One of the greatest yeah. goals ever scored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, oh. sorry, Mum and Dad. Yeah. Um, Jack, real quick, we've got uh, another 20 minutes here. You're listening to the Highbury squad. We've got Super Jack Wilshire with us. Um, thank you so much for hanging out. I wanted to just ask you one quick question about Giroud. Do you think he's one of the most underappreciated players like ever who's played for Arsenal, let alone France? But um, mm. it just seems like he's not appreciated uh, by a, a section of fans for, for kind of what he's done yet. We we think he's just been superb. What's your take? Yeah, he's, you know, I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday and like you don't see it often, you do see it sometimes. But a player who who started his career at a certain level, and yet yeah, most players do that and then come back down. But he's just going up. Like even now, he's what is he thirty four, thirty five? He's still going up. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, the one thing that stood out for me from his time at Arsenal when he first came to Arsenal, and I've had this conversation with him. I didn't like playing with him. I didn't think like. He, he took a while to get used to the Premier League mm-hmm. the first season. He weren't very good. Um, but then he came back for pre-season and he was a new player. Like He he used his body. He was always strong. He was always big. Um, and yeah, the one thing that stood out for me was how much of an athlete he actually was. Like We'd do runs in pre-season. He would be first. It wouldn't even be hard for him. He'd look after himself right. He'd live right. And I think he's, he's seeing the rewards for that now. And... Mm. And his quality is coming out now as well. Like the last few years, especially for France, even when he's been called upon at, at Chelsea, like he, he he seems to never really play. But then when they need someone to score him a goal, he comes on and, and he's been fantastic. And then like the last few years where I was at Arsenal, I loved playing with him because you'd give it to him. Like the Norwich goal, he'd give it, he'd give you it back. He'd go again. He'd understand where you wanted it. And yeah, he, he improved a lot and he's still improving, which is scary because he's, he's getting older. All right, so let's get stuck into today's Arsenal. Um, and your ex-teammate here, um, Mr. Mikel Arteta, now the manager. Uh, you know, Kev's been very supportive of him. I think most uh, ex-players have been. I was definitely critical of him. Probably, sometimes, I don't know, I'd be curious to know if you think people like me shouldn't be critical because we've never played the game, we don't know. But, you know, what we do is we analyse things, right? And... Um, I think if you're being respectfully critical, it's okay. Mm. Uh, JJ is a huge supporter of Arteta as well. I think we all want to see him do well. Yep. Talk us through a little bit about the man you played alongside and what your take is so far of him as Arsenal manager. Yeah, well, when I when I played with him, um, as I said before, I came into a new team, and he was he was sort of the man. He wasn't the captain, but he was almost like the captain. He was a man who controlled everything from the middle. Um, I heard Arsene say something once, and it's so true. He was like our technical leader. Like Everyone went through him. He, he'd, he'd understand when to slow things down. I think he, he didn't get a lot of credit for what he did at Arsenal, but he, he was really good, especially coming into to a team that had lost a lot of, a lot of good players and we're struggling a little bit to to really push. I mean, we were still getting Champions League, but we weren't really pushing for the league. Um, and yeah, he was he was like that every single day. That leader, like he'd come in, he'd be first at the training ground, he'd do things right, he'd be on the, on the massage bed. He would almost be annoying how much he was on the massage bed because you couldn't get on. <laughs> but he was doing things right just to to make sure he was on the pitch and. Um, yeah, and then, and then uh, you know what? Like, it's difficult because they had a difficult season last year. And if 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 you'd have said to to anyone if they finished where they did in the league at the start of the season, yeah, they failed. Like they didn't have a good season. But as I said before, I feel like he he is changing something. Um, I feel like as well, he's probably a couple players short of of really getting back to at least challenging for the the Champions League because I think as well it's going to be a process of getting Arsenal back to where they should be you know we're not going to finish we finished eighth didn't we yeah mm-hmm. we're not going to yeah. we're not going to finish eighth in the league one year and then go and win the league next year it's not it's not going to happen like that unless you 
Man City and you're going to spend 200, 300 million. As much as Arsenal fans are crying out for that, I, I feel like that wouldn't be the right way to do it for a club like Arsenal. We've always, I always feel like we've done things the right way. We bring young players through. We don't, if things start going wrong, we don't just throw money at it. Yeah, we probably should throw a little bit more money at it, but not, not them type of figures. Um, but I feel like they're going in the right direction. I like the look of the, the new boy they brought in who scored the other day. I think he'll add something in midfield. Tavares. Yeah, I like Partey. I think there's more to come from him. Mm. I think he had a he had ups and downs last season, but I think it he's going to come good this season. He's a real good player. I played against him a few times, and he's very good. Um, and then obviously we've got Saka, who who seems to get better and better, and he's still really young with with loads of time to develop um, and obviously with Smith Rowe as well I felt like he, he really stepped up another level last year really took responsibility on um, so I think I, I expect us to be better this year I don't think we're going to be challenging but I think if we can build a base like Kevin was talking about from a defensive point of view where we're difficult to beat but we have to be difficult to beat it seems at times teams find it too easy to play against us and with the quality that we've got going forward, if we can make it difficult to beat, keep clean sheets, then we can get results. Mm. Jack, um, sir, you can answer this one or not if you want. Oh, here we go. What was your, <laughs> <laughs> what was your take? As a fan, I was fuming. And even Kev, um, I think, was vocal about it on our show. What was your take on Aubameyang being late for the North London derby? Have you ever experienced anything like that? He's captain. Do you think like people like me were too hard on him? Like, I just think it's unacceptable. I, if I was late for a presentation at work, I'd probably lose my job. What was your take on him being late and subsequently kind of his form is dip? I know he's had some personal issues as well. And we all, you know, wish him the best about that. But what was your take on that? And playing Tottenham is a totally different ball game. Yeah, well, I I agree with you to a certain extent. It is it is unacceptable, but what I think we we have to remember is he'll know that. Do you know what I mean? Like and like we've all had that feeling. Whether you're going to a North London derby or whether you're going, I don't know, to school when you're late and you get that feeling where you're just sick and you're worried. You're looking at the time, you're trying to do things, and I mean. I don't think we know the, the the full story as well because I can't see like listen if you're late once and it's not your fault then that's for, like of course fine him that's fine there must have been there must have been a lead up or build up of things where he was late for a few things and he'd been warned because I mean fair, I mean fair play to Mikel as well I think that shows what type of character he is to drop the captain in in a in a game like that, he's got a good a, a good record against Tottenham as well. Um, it's it's difficult for me to to comment because I've been there like where I've been late, but I've not. It's not my fault. Like, I'm stuck in traffic and I'm trying to ring the, the gaffer or I'm trying to ring the physio to say, look, I'm going to be late. I'm really sorry, and you just get that sick feeling where it's not your fault. And um, yeah, I mean, it, I think he'll know that. I think as well. Like with a little bit of dipping for me, he was probably he was probably pissed off that mm. he'd not been he'd not been supported or he'd not been backed because he probably thought it wasn't his fault and then things happened. But I'm sure now that he's over it and and he spoke to Mikel and he probably won't do it again. Yeah, well, he 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 ran out on the warm down too, didn't he? So I think that was the part I think that sent yeah. some fans into. Yeah, he was he, was, he was probably pissed <laughs> off. He's a he's a big player. He's got a big ego, like. He's, he's done Strikers Union, definitely. <laughs> Strikers yeah. Union, definitely. Yeah. Big yeah. ego, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, no, it's it's just. I think it. What there's there's this been this culture building at Arsenal that mm. kind of came across as a bit ap not apathetic, Jack, but just not as engaged. Yeah, well, Arsenal have, have been known over the years for having like these big leaders, like your Tony Adams. Your, Dennis Burkham's like proper, proper professionals, you know. And I do feel like the game has, has changed a little bit in, in that sense where like, they're not really around anymore. And, and yes, it, it, of course, it's unacceptable. Everyone has to stick to standards. And that's why I think as well it's important that, that 
the players sit down, like the, the the leading players of the group and the managers sit down at the start of the season and you just get these things sorted. You say, right, if you're late once, you get this much fine. If you're late another time, you drop for the game. And if them things are there and they're set in stone, then it don't matter who you are, whatever you do, then you know what, what the consequence is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you, um, are you excited about Martinelli? Do you think he deserves more of a chance next season? Yeah, I am. I was surprised that, at times that when when Arsenal needed a goal or they needed something, he, he wasn't thrown on because he's he's that type of player who who can do that. You know, he arrives in the box, he he's always seems to be in the right place at the right time and you, know, you can't teach them them things and I feel he'll only get better as well with with experience of playing in the big games and you know what as well, I do think he is a player, and you've seen it as well because he, he was brilliant when he first came to Arsenal. He he will thrive off having the fans back, you know, the fans getting behind him and really pushing on. He he, he thrives off that. I remember the game at, um, at Chelsea where he scored that goal. Mm-hmm. Like he just got better and better as that game went on, and the fans got behind him. And yeah, I'm excited to see more of him this year. Okay. We'll go through a few quick fire ones from the uh, squaddies and thanks to all of the thousands of you who are tuning in to watch uh, Jack uh, this evening. Uh, they want to know your thoughts on the Cronkies, Jack. I mean, you were part of this club for years and years and years. I don't want to <laughs> entrap you in any way here. No, you can no. dodge the question, but obviously, you know, Arsenal fans. I mean, you know, yes, have we gotten a little crazy lately? Yes, but that's because we have high standards, right? You guys, you and Kevin and you other players have spoiled us rotten. So what's your take on that? Do players even get engaged in that stuff? Do you, do you guys just toss it aside? Yeah, not, no, not really. Yeah. As players, yeah, when I was a player, I would not have a clue what was going on. It's only now since I've stepped away from it and I'm looking in into it where you obviously you read more things and you're not in there, so you don't know what's actually going on. Um, so that's a difficult question for me to ask because, yes, I want Arsenal to do well. Yes, I want them to invest more money, but I don't know really. I'm not in the club. I'm not sure the conversations is going on. One thing I will say is, and I, I spoke openly about this on um, on social media, was about Steve Bold and, and, and these type of people leaving the club. Like, I do feel that like, slowly since Arsene has left, like these um, Arsenal people, like the people who have been there for years who love the club, like us, you know, mm-hmm. that have a job to play and have a role to play when, you know, when because I've, I've, I've been at the club where you know, like a physio who is a real Arsenal man who's not nothing to do with football but has, has got me going for a game or spoke to me before a game about what what this means and like then people have sort of slowly but surely been been forced out of the club for one reason or another I don't know but that is one thing that's, that's that slightly does annoy me because Arsenal was built on that that tradition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the love for the club and people from the kit man to the the staff, the the caretakers around the training ground who really look after the place and the part of the furniture and people who you grow to love and when you win you celebrate them with them. When they when you lose, they're down with you and they get, they bring you back up and and then people will seem to leave. So I don't know what's going on, but hopefully you know it will come back to first of all the results on the pitch and start. I think that will help as well. I mean, that will lift people's mood and confidence of getting Arsenal back to where they should be challenging getting in the Champions League, playing in big games. Yeah. Kev, you t- you've talked about, I mean, some of the stories Kev tells us as well about Theo Foley and, you know, um, all of these guys that were so impactful on him as well. Yeah. Um, Jack raises a good point about that, Kev, you know, yeah, in I terms mean, Jack, of those... Sophie, sorry to just cut across. No. You. I, think, I think Jack Jack played under Steve Bold. Um, obviously, Vic Akers was... Kitman for years with his with his son Paul, who's who's Kitman now. Yeah. These are the guys who I grew up with. Vic Akers coached me with Pat Rice when I was mm. ten year old. Yeah, and he was still there with Jack. So you know you got the continuity going throughout mm. the club. Whereas when you take these guys out, you do lose a bit of that Arsenal, whether it's DNA, whether it's that bloodline, call it what you like. It isn't the same. Mm-hmm. And it needs it. 
Well, I mean, Kev, you were on the receiving end of a lot of bollocking. Well, you and the boys of, you know, George Graham, he was no, he was on the softy. We know that. Jack, did Wenger ever give you a bollocking? Have you ever seen him given giving anyone a bollocking? <laughs> Not like digging someone out or he never dug me out. and I've never written, no, I never saw him dig anyone out, but he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to, to, to get his point across or say if he wasn't, he wasn't playing well, he wasn't good enough. I remember one, one moment that stands out is we played Liverpool away and we were four nil down at half time. In fact, we were four nil down after about 21 minutes, but they were unbelievable. Like we just didn't know what to do. I mean, there's Sterling, uh, there's storage, storage. storage. Yeah. yeah, they were just like they kept getting in behind us, and every time they shot, it seemed like a goal. I remember looking up at the clock, thinking, "Jesus Christ, it's twenty minutes and four 0 down. This could be six or seven before half time." Um, but we steadied the ship a little bit, and we went in at half time, and he just went mad. He was like, "These fans, they pay money to come and see you. Now get out there and show that you care. Show that you you want to fight for this club." Um, and to be fair, we went out in the second half and, and we were better. I think it would finish 4-1. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he, was, he wasn't he was scared. To, and you could always tell as well, because I remember as well, when you w went into the dressing room um, and it was like nothing of experience at half time. For the first 10 minutes, it was completely silent. Like, I remember walking in, after my, walking in at half time in my first game and it was completely silent. And I'm looking around thinking, what's going what's on? Going on? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> but I was used to like Steve Bold who would have you up on the wall if you weren't good enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then he'd spend five minutes, whether it'd be he'd have a board out going through tactics or he'd be hammering a few like the team if we weren't good enough. But yeah, he, I got I learned to really like that and really find that useful because you come in and no matter what happened for ten minutes you had time to relax, recover, take a drink and then he'd go into it. Um whereas Johnny Johnny Baller um here somewhere wanted to remind you that it was five one Jack. Right, no, not no. not for all right, all right, all right. <laughs> one second. Um, we'll get you out on a couple more here. Uh, what was it like playing against and beating Tottenham? Were those your favorite games? You know what? My first game against Tottenham was in the, the Carling Cup, um, and it was at White Hart Lane. And I was, I was actually a part of the first, I was like one of the first names on the team sheet at that point. So I wasn't sure if I was going to play in the Carling Cup because it was Arsene used it for, for younger players and I was desperate to play. I remember thinking, please, please play. <laughs> Let me play. And I played. Um, and we beat him. We beat him 5-1. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. I assisted the first goal. It was actually... Oh, the yes. first goal was uh, was made in Hale End. Like, I was down the wing and I whipped it across from the bar line and then Henry Lansbury came in and put it in. And I remember... Uh, like whipping it across and just waiting for it to go in and then just turning to the, to the fans <laughs> right close. It was right close at White Lane. And just going like that, yes. And I just got abused. But yeah, they, they, they were the best games. I always wanted to play in them games. And um, yeah, they were brilliant. Brilliant. You can't beat a North London derby, Kev. No. No, JJ, you, you cannot no. beat a North London derby. Uh, uh, win. always circle that one on the yeah. table. Sure. You, if there's one team... I don't care what kind of season we're having. Don't care. Yeah. Nobody cares. You can't lose those two games. Yeah, is that true. how you always, is that how the players always felt, you guys? Kev, Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course you did. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. your yeah. local rivals, definitely. Uh, Jack, just just quickly, what for everybody in chat, because I could imagine this guy no, crazy. Going, it is. I can so, barely keep <laughs> So now that you're out of the Arsenal, I always was told you never realised the Arsenal until you leave. What does the Arsenal mean to you now? You know, now that you're not there. You're you know a what, big fan, Kev, obviously. You know what, Kev? It's funny you say that because I remember Vic Akers saying that to me and him telling me that you said that to him. Yeah. He said to me, ask Kevin Campbell, you never realise how good it is and how big it is until you leave. And it is so true. Like, I left at a time when I felt it was right. Um, because Arsenal left, a lot of people left, but it weren't right. And now I'll, I'll always have that hanging over me, especially while I'm still playing. Like, what if I stayed at Arsenal? Because they offered me a new deal. What if I stayed there? Why did I leave? And like, I find myself sort of arguing myself, thinking oh, I can't think like this. I can't. Like, I'm here now. What's happened's happened. 
move on. But it's so difficult not to think like that. Because mm. you're an Arsenal man, Jack. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the hardest decision of your life. It was the hardest decision of my life when I left. Yeah. But you have to do it because you, you want to play. Yeah. And maybe a, a, a change maybe is as good as a, as a holiday, as they say. Yeah. But it is such a hard decision to leave the Arsenal because, you know, as players, Jack, when you have that badge on your chest and you win, there's nothing better, is there? Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Especially, like, when you're, you're an Arsenal man, as you said, and you're from the area and, like, everywhere you go, there's Arsenal people who talk yeah. to you and they talk to you about the game. And, like, even now, when I'm out, like some people always come up to me and they're like, "Oh, you got a club? Where are you playing now?" And I'm like, "No, no interest, please." And then someone will be like, "Well, what do you think about Arsenal?" And I'm like, "Bang, I'm in it." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I'll think this, this, this." Yeah, <laughs> love that. Love it's that. It's so, it's so awesome. Um, it's been a brilliant hour with you, yeah. Jack. I mean, just absolutely, absolute gold here. What, what do you want the Arsenal fans to know? I mean, you've talked to them year after year. You've had so many interviews. Talked to you know, the national press, um, books, all this kind of stuff. What, what what would you like Arsenal fans to to really know about you and your time at the, at the club? Um, what, as Kev said, like, you don't realise how big it is until you're not there. And I won't say how much you love it because I absolutely love my time there. I loved going into training I love being a part of the Arsenal family. I love going to the Emirates on a match day. I even loved, like, and this will sound mad, like when I was injured, as much as I hated it, I used to still love going to the Emirates and, and watching the boys, like, it's that special feeling. Um, yeah, so I think the one thing that will never leave me and and a lot of Arsenal people is that love. And as even if they're not doing well, you still have hope. And they still keep you coming back. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be a fan now for life. You know, you never know what will happen in the future regards of, of, of whether I'll go back in terms, not not to play. I'd love to go back to play, but that, I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> but in terms of after football and things. But yeah, You want like to manage, Jack? Um, I don't know. You know, my, I change. My thoughts change on that quite a lot. Like, I'm, I'm doing my coaching badges at the moment. I'm coaching. I've got an academy where I, where I coach um, some young kids, and I really enjoy coaching sort of the age between sort of twelve and sixteen. Um, whether that will change, and I'll, I'll change to wanting to go into to the men's side of, of the game. But at the moment, I'm enjoying the coaching side of, of trying to help these young players develop. We, my academy is sort of like the gap between grassroots and academy level for them kids who sort of haven't been picked up yet but they've still got a chance and I, I enjoy passing on my wisdom to them of what I went through and because I've been there I know what the feeling's like of, of trying to make it the pressures you have and I'm enjoying that at the moment amazing um well well look um we we're so grateful will you come back on the show this season and chat with Kev and talk a little bit more yeah. about the arsenal yeah if we do, if we're doing well <laughs> Jack, listen, we can't. Well, it, it, it needs to be better. It needs to be yeah, better. Mate. It will be. It will be. It, it, will be. It, it has to be better. And JJ, thanks again for um, you know uh, you know being part of this, and we're we're very grateful to you uh, as well. And um, Super Kev, as always, the squaddies have been on top form tonight. Everyone uh, has uh, has been just absolutely brilliant. If I, there's so many questions still that fans want to ask, and um, we'll Jack will come back. Okay, Fantastic. perfect. Yeah. Fantastic, and Jack. Now you've brilliant. married into a Greek family. I got under because I'm Greek. Are you having oh, souvla? Yeah. Are you having souvla on Sundays? I'm the king of souvla now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You mastered it. Yeah, my father-in-law <laughs> yeah. taught me well. To be honest, uh, he taught me very amazing, well. Amazing, amazing. That's quality. All right, quality, everyone. Well, look, we're out. We're going to be back tomorrow night. Uh, we got Curtis Shaw on the uh, show tomorrow night, and um, uh, you know, thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks to Jack, and we will see you, and we will be back tomorrow. Until then. <laughs> Hold on, hit the like button, everybody, because Super Jackie's on and JJ the man's on. So hit that like button. And if you don't like it, don't no. hit the dislike. Hit the like button if you, you dislike go. it, right? There, there you go. Number seven, Wilshire. <laughs> everyone. I
<laughs> Kev, and actually, you know what? Mark sent me this. He's so adorable. He says he still gets Jack's name on any shirt. That doesn't oh. matter, new or old. Um, he's a, a, a good friend of the show. Mark Gunner Runner does a lot of great nice. stuff for diabetes as well. And our good friend Dave Seeger um, sent me a note. Are you still doing stuff for muscular dystrophy, Jack? Are you yeah. still involved in that? Uh, I'm still an ambassador okay. for them, yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, um, um, all, we yeah, we absolutely. Can, yeah. yeah. All right, Kev, you take us out. Everyone, listen. Thanks to Jack for coming on. JJ, thank, thank you. Jack. The best presenter on, on any podcast, Sophie. And listen, squaddies, all the best. We'll see you tomorrow and thank you.